our prayer tonight. We just want to surrender to you. God, in the midst of our own personal storms and trials that we go through, God, sometimes we think about if we'll get out. But, Lord, even if is what we should say. Even if we don't. Even if you're just getting us through it, God. We will trust in your sovereignty. And so, Lord, we surrender all to you in our heart. And, and even as we um, come into this evening with this Bible study, God, we ask that you would bless your word, and we want to surrender to your word and everything that it's about. So I ask, Jesus, that you just touch your word, that your Holy Spirit would anoint this time. And God, truly, even as we get into your word, as we've been worshiping you, we surrender. I surrender, God. And so we give you this time right now, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, good evening, everybody, and uh, welcome to our Wednesday night study. Uh, great time to worship, and wonderful to be able to uh, just sing Christmas carols, too. And we welcome everyone online, and we thank you guys for taking the time to be here. Uh, it has uh, been a, a few crazy days, huh, with the storm and power outages and all, but hey, look, we're back here. There's power so far, <laughs> and we will keep going on and on as, as much as we can. So tonight, if you can grab your Bibles and um, open them up to Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter 18, and as you're turning there, I hope you guys are, are safe and um, maybe not too much uh, damage from the storm. We pray for those who are going through it still right now. But uh, thank God that we're safe and secure here right now. We're able to seek him. So anyway, Luke chapter 18 tonight. Luke chapter 18. And I already prayed, so we're going to get right into our study. Uh, Luke chapter 18. I I read about this um, story about a, a, a little boy. After coming home from church, the mother asked her boy what they talked about in Keiki Church. Well, the little boy tells her, about the creation story, how God had taken a rib from Adam's side and God made a wife for him. So he was pretty good. He was able to tell the story. Well, after lunch, something didn't really sit well in the stomach of the little boy and her mo mother finds him double, doubled over in pain and the mother asks, oh, oh what's, what's wrong, honey? And the little boy replies, my side hurts, mommy. I think I'm having a wife. Well, it's cute, yeah, how these little ones process and apply the word. And so I got to tell you one more story. A little girl was asked by her mother what she had learned in Keiki Church, and she said she learned about how God created Adam and Eve. And, and tell me about that, said the mother. So the little girl said, well, God created Adam out of the dust, but he was very lonely and he wanted some company. So God picked him up and sat him down in a big rocking chair and rocked Adam to sleep. Then he took, God took out of Adam's, Adam his brain and created Eve. That's it. Maybe you get it? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. All the ladies got it. Say, well, that makes sense. Yeah, right. Anyway, so 
we go on here. <laughs> Though our little cakey don't always get things accurately, the important thing is that we keep teaching them, right? We keep teaching the children. We keep bringing them to Jesus. And, and that's what we find in our study tonight inside here, the Gospel of Luke. And we find really the heart of God. And the heart of God is to keep bringing the keiki to Jesus. And that's the title of our message tonight. Keep bringing the keiki to Jesus. Now, we're, we're back in Luke here, in Luke chapter 18, and we're going to pick it up here um, from verse 15 through 17 as we make our way verse by verse through this book. And so our outline, really, each of the verses has a heading. And number one is sadly denied. Number two is surely welcome. And number three is simply believe. So that's our outline. But let's begin with verse 15. And our heading is sadly denied. Sadly denied. Keep bringing the cake to Jesus. And number one in our outline, we see sadly denied. So verse 15 if you take a look with me here now, it says, And now they were bringing even infants to him, that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. So we begin with Luke writing about an incident that happened with Jesus and the children. Now, understand, Luke here, as we continue in our study, he doesn't always write chronologically, but if you notice, Luke writes in themes. and Sometimes, yeah, chronologically, but a lot of times it's themes, and he's thinking of themes, and, and that's what he has in mind. So this actually comes on the heels of what we saw last time, right? Last time we saw the mistake in being self-righteous, where the proud uh, Pharisee, uh, in contrast to the humble tax collector, how they approach God. The Pharisee ap ap approached in, in his own works and his own deeds, and the tax collector came humbly. So with this incident that we're in, in from verse 15 through 17, we find how the child's or a children's, uh, a child's humility is what adults should have in order to be safe. So that's what we're leaning up to really in verse 17. And that's how it flows with Luke's themes here, theme here as he's writing about all this. So with this in mind, we come to verse 15. And, and Luke writes, so in this instance, in this time also, you know that he brings us into now they which were the parents the parents are bringing children and and even infants we see here uh to jesus to him and so that's the scene uh, jesus is there disciples are there the crowd is there but at this moment these parents are bringing their children even infants even babies to jesus well why is that why is that? Well, Luke writes here that he might touch them. So you can imagine they're bringing their little baby or their little child to Jesus. And really, it's in order to receive a, a blessing, a prayer of blessing. And understand, back then in this ancient time, it was the Jewish custom to bring their babies to the local rabbi so that the rabbi could lay hands on them and pray a prayer of blessing. Uh, I, I found that the custom was for the rabbi to put his hands upon the child and pray something like this. May the child grow up to be famous in the law or, or you know, the word of God. May he grow up to be faithful in marriage. And then the rabbi will pray, may the child grow to be full of good works. And then the rabbi will pray, may the child find his or, or the, her place in the kingdom of God. So uh, that's 
that was the idea of, of a blessing. So here's Jesus, right? Everyone recognizes him as, well, he's, he's rabbi, more than rabbi. So the parents are bringing the children to Jesus for this prayer of blessing. I don't know if you noticed this Jewish prayer here that the rabbis prayed. It was all alliteration, right? Famous, faithful, full, fine. I love it. I think I'm going to use that for our next baby dedication. So anyway, here we see, first of all, the keiki are brought to Jesus because really of the parents' deep desire to get prayer uh, 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 came from their concern for their child's spiritual well-being. So that was their deep desire to get prayer, and it came from that. So that child, their concern for their children's spiritual well-being, uh, think about this. It's not the easiest situation. There's crowds all around and everything, but the parents are really doing all they can to get that blessing from Jesus. You know, I was thinking about this, the effort that they were making, um, about some efforts that parents make. And I came across this a, a number of years ago, darts. A, it's this lavish, eccentric car maker in Latvia, in that, Latvia, Latvia sorry, in that country, uh, they launched a, a new product, a child car seat, to match the cars its billionaire owners have bought. So they make these special kind of uh, cars. The company actually makes cars that sells like bulletproof high-end vehicles like to celebrities, high-ranking officials, very, very rich guys, right? And so it has come out with a bulletproof high-end child safety seat to put in their cars. The company put this out. This is what they advertise. Dear parents, we encourage you not to save pennies on your precious child when you splurge 500000 to a $1 million on your own car. So they came out with this child safety seat. It comes with uh, uh, the back of the seat is made of Kevlar. It's wrapped with carbon fiber along with natural gold uh, stitching, actual gold stitching. The seat is upholstered with uh, they call colonial touch. It's gold-plated crocodile skin. And with the highest quality Lux Pelly, a, a natural Napa natural leather. There's also a built-in massage function for the baby. And the seat has a connector for Apple products. Yes, of course, there, right? So, and, and they don't even, the article didn't even say how much it is. Uh, the company won't tell you, but you can imagine it's probably way up there for a child safety seat. Well, I was thinking about the parents, their deep desire to get prayer because they had this concern for their child's spiritual well-being. And, and shouldn't we be concerned of that too? I mean, that should really be our main concern, right? Not just the child's physical safety in the car, uh, but their spiritual wellness with God. I mean, we fuss over their physical safety, right? Uh, making sure they're safe and everything, the babies are okay. Or, or we fuss over their emotional well-being. Or are they fed well? Are they bathed? Are they clean? Are, are they really protected and safe? But how about Jesus in their lives? Let's not neglect that most important most important part of their life. So you can see the parents with that kind of heart. Well, here's the parents coming the babies to bringing the baby coming with the babies, bringing them to Jesus and their children and all. 
But we see in the second part of verse 15, we read, when the disciples saw them coming like that, they rebuked the parents. So the disciples, they saw this crowd, they're crowding around Jesus, you know, maybe mothers and fathers coming with their babies and coming up, please Jesus, calling out to Jesus. I don't know if there was even an orderly line there. So the disciples like, oh no, no, this is chaos. This isn't good. So they rebuked them. Basically, they told them to go away. Stop bothering Jesus. Perhaps maybe it was a long day of ministry. Maybe there was a lot of other things going on. Perhaps other ministry and stuff. Maybe Jesus was about to teach. I don't know. But their protective mode kicked in for Jesus. So they want to protect Jesus. Oh, no, wait, this is too much. This this isn't right. And, And something to keep in mind here, too. In the ancient Jewish culture, in that society probably disciples had grown up in, well, Well, you have to understand, men were at the top of the ladder of importance. Women were at that second place, but bottom rung were the children. They're down there. And so basically, children were to be seen, right, and not to be heard kind of thinking. So it it was like the thought there was, well, they're too young to really come to God and seek God. Ah, we'll wait till they're older. So, so no, 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 get the children away. So that's probably what was going on in their thinking. But that's not true. That's not true in God's heart. That's not true in the capabilities of children. Matter of fact, Jesus said back in, uh, in the other gospel, Matthew chapter 21, 16, the second part, he said, out of the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have prepared praise so children are able to worship and see god come to the lord well we see here that the disciples sadly denied our heading access to jesus for and this is the second point here the disciples thought the keiki were less important and did not have the capacity to seek god so they're on the bottom rung. Ah, they're still young to know. And nah, let's not, you know, bother Jesus. I mean, this is Jesus, the Lord, the Messiah who's come. He has more important things to do. And so here's the disciples rebuking the parents for bringing the children. But children are capable, right? I, I was reading about this. A man named Michael Kearney, he holds several uh, world records Uh, uh, But on top of that, he was a very gifted child. He was actually born in Honolulu in 1984, Hapa Japanese. Um, He grew up, though, in California. Listen to this. He spoke his very first words at four months as a baby. At six months, when the, the parents took him to the doctor, he told the doctor, I have a left ear infection. He was reading by 10 months isn't that unbelievable? At age six, he graduated high school. At age eight, he graduated junior college. At age 14, he graduated Middle Tennessee State University with a master's degree in chemistry. And he was teaching at a college at age 17. <laughs> now, he's pretty gifted. Uh, he's pretty capable there. Not all of our children are like that. But it just op- does open up the idea that children have the capacity, right? Uh, if if this this man, when he was a child, was able to, you know, uh, talk and learn and all, so do these children. I mean, I, I think about our, our granddaughter, um, Riley. 
Well, she, she can understand more than she can talk. Yeah, and you, she knows. She knows what's going on. And, and it's amazing to me to see how much she remembers and what she's learned. And just just that, um, how old is she now? Six, 60 months? Seven? Almost two. Oh, yeah, in, in February she'll be two. So, so it, it's just crazy, 20 months or something like that. I mean, think about this. Um, how many of you actually have your perhaps elementary age child teach you how to use the computer, right? I mean, sometimes the younger ones know better than us, and they're better, right? So don't underestimate your keiki. Don't underestimate them, what they can learn, what they can receive, and especially in spiritual things. They're able to seek God, to learn from God. And even though the disciples are like, ah, oh, no, they don't have that capacity. They're not important. They are important. We're going to see that in a moment. But they can learn about God. I remember reading about Jim Elliott, who was part of the missionary team who was martyred by the Alka tribe in Ecuador in the 1960s. Pretty famous story, Elizabeth Elliott, um, his, his wife and all that. But when he was only six years old, he told his mother, Now, Mama, the Lord Jesus, this was six now, the Lord Jesus can come whenever he wants. He can take our whole family because I'm saved now. He had just prayed to receive Jesus. And Janie, well, she's too young to know him yet. So I don't know if you got what he's saying. He's basically saying, well, well, she, you know, she's too young, but we're, we're all, we can all go, and she'll go too and everything, and all this stuff. He knows his theology, you know, and all of this. And so it's, it's amazing at six years old. So children have that capacity more than we give them. So, you see, it's important to keep bringing the keiki to Jesus, even though the disciple sadly denied the parents. Well, let's go to uh, number two now. Surely welcome. Surely welcome. We've seen sadly denied. Surely welcome. And this is verse 16. Now, verse 16, it says, But Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus would not have that, you know, having the kids turned away by the disciples. But you know what he did, and we'll see this in the next verse. He actually took this situation, turned it into a lesson. And the first thing we really see is that Jesus didn't have that happen. He actually called them back. He called the babies and the children to come. It was like he summoned them. And, and we come really to a famous verse here where Jesus says, Let the children come to me. And uh, we have that actually hanging up on our wall in our Keiki Church. And it's a famous verse for Keiki Children's Churches or, or uh, around the world. It's, it's something we put on posters. It's something, you know, that parents, we, we believe in and hold on to that. Hey, Jesus is the one who's actually calling the children to come to him. It's not something that parents make their children do, but it's God's heart for the children. Now the word children here, the Greek word is padia, which means all children, basically babies, toddlers, elementary school, you know, infants, youth, all the children. And so Jesus is saying, let them come. He's calling them. He's summoning them. And he's telling the disciples, do not 
hinder them or do not refuse them or prevent them from coming to Jesus. So we see Jesus welcomed the children. They're surely welcome to God. Matter of fact, aren't we asked to raise our children up in the things of God? So, I mean, that makes sense that we would bring, bring them to Jesus. Uh, it's, it's nothing that says, well, wait till they're adults and then we'll teach them about Jesus. No, parents, we know this verse, right? Proverbs 22, 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he was old, he will not depart from it. So we know that. We know the Lord uh, wants us There's a, to bring the children to Him. There's other scriptures too about that. Uh, we know in the Psalms and, and we know in Deuteronomy 6 and all that. So God's heart is for the children to be raised up, to be brought, especially to Jesus. So with this, really what we're reading, what comes is the authorization from God. And it means children are never too young to bring them to Jesus. And that's what it means, this authorization, this call. It means uh, that children are never too young to bring them to Jesus. You know what's interesting? Studies show by age 5, 85% of a child's characters developed. Right. So why not instill a Jesus-like character? We talk about this a lot, like, like little babies and children are like wet cement. I mean, we impress on them the things of God, the Word of God, and, and it, it, it should stay with them. A Barna survey reported that 43% of Americans who accepted Jesus Christ as Savior did before they were 13 years old. Isn't that crazy? 43. Another survey reported that 19 out of 20 who became Christians did so before the age of 25 when they were younger. They say that after age 25, that uh, 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 chance uh, uh, that someone would come to Jesus, it drops to 1 in 10,000. At age 35, it's 1 in 50,000. At age 45, 1 in 200,000. At age 55, it's 1 in 300,000. And at age 75, it's 1 in 700,000 chance that someone come to the Lord. But you know, those of you who did come to Christ when you were older, you beat the odds because God does the impossible, right? I know my parents came to receive Christ in their in their late 70s and and that's beating all the odds so God can do the impossible so don't just take this and say oh see I'm just going to give up no come to Jesus God still wants to save but the thing is is that no wonder Jesus says let the children come to me yeah now when they're children it's important to start young and Jesus is saying hey they're surely welcome so parents Grandparents, uncles, aunties, kiki church teachers, assistants, you guys, now is the time to bring children to the Lord. We don't want to just babysit them in kiki church. We want to give them Jesus. We want to give them the word. We want to help them to know Jesus. And that is God's heart. So let's have the same heart. Now, before we go on in, uh, to verse 17, look at verse 16. After Jesus says, do not hinder them, at the end of the verse, he says something interesting. He says, for to such 
belongs the kingdom of God. So that's interesting. The, the way he says that is very interesting. He says, for to such, who's the such? The keiki, the keiki, well, those, those children, this is the beings, these guys, they belong to the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus is saying, you know what? The kingdom of God is filled with children. And so what is this kingdom of God? Well, it really speaks of, of, of it in two ways, in two ways. And, and there's a spiritual kingdom of God, which is really the salvation we have as we live on this earth. We, we have the kingdom of God in our hearts, or the salvation, our spiritual walk with Jesus. But there's also the heavenly kingdom, the eternal realm, living with Jesus in heaven. So, so there's two ways in that the keiki fill the kingdom of God. And, and, and let me give you these two things to see here. First of all, number one, children have the capacity to be saved. And that's the idea. They're, the kingdom of God can come into their hearts. That spiritually, in this life, on this earth, that they can be saved, they can walk with God, they can know God, they can be into God's word, they, they can be saved even as a child. And we've been seeing this capacity idea. And, and so bring that farther into the opportunity that children have to be saved at that age. They have that capacity not to seek God, but the capacity to be saved. You know, um, uh, I, I think all of our children uh, prayed to receive Jesus when they were children not when they're later and i'll never forget when one night after church jared our middle son um who was i think around seven or eight years old uh he told us how the teacher had asked the class in keiki church uh if they wanted to pray and receive jesus so he's telling us after church one night and he says that and i did i i, I prayed to receive jesus and i'm like Oh, that's so great. That's so good, Jared. You know, he's like seven, eight years old. And then he said, you know, Dad, I felt something inside me. And I told him, you know, that was Jesus in your heart. That was salvation coming. That, that was Jesus coming into your life. And, and so I believe he, he, Jesus really touched him and that he received Christ even at that age, being seven or eight years old. So parents, you know, moms and dads, you know, we keep, we keep leading our children to Jesus. We keep bringing Jesus um, to them. We keep every day, we, 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 we do what we can to bring God into their lives that they may receive Jesus in, as their Savior. I mean, isn't our desire anyway that our children, like say in, in a society sense, that they would grow up and 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 be responsible citizens of society yeah that they would be good moral people and contribute to you know their workplace and be a good neighbor all of that i mean we we, we want the best for them but more important is that they receive jesus because you know what that's the only way they can become that person of character in this world and that's in jesus christ and, and sometimes I know it's hard to see the sweet little baby so, so innocent, you know, to think that they need Jesus, that there's a sinful nature inside of them. But as you parents, those are kids, know, it comes out. <laughs> it comes out. 
We know Psalm 51.5, there is that sinful nature inside. But isn't it better that they would be saved from that early on? I like something that C.H. Spurgeon in one of his sermons said, to reclaim the prodigal as well, but to save him from ever being a prodigal is better. To bring back the thief and drunk is praiseworthy action, but so to act that the boy shall never become a thief or a drunk is far better. And I love that. It's like save them early. It reminds me of a, another old story um, about the great American evangelist D.L. Moody. Um, I think it was, he was in like the 1800s or so. Uh, D.L. Moody came home one night and um, his wife asked him, oh, how did the service go? How did it go? Well, Moody replied, two and a half were saved tonight. And so the wife, clarifying what he said, asked, do you mean two adults and one child? And Moody said, no, two children and one adult, because the children have their whole life to live. And so it's so important to bring our children to be saved in Jesus. So children have the capacity to be saved, and so let's Keep leading them to Jesus. Well, the second thing to understand about this kingdom of God is filled with children is this. Number two, children have a covering of special grace. And let me explain. Let's say a baby or a, a, a toddler is too young to really understand the things about Jesus and salvation in Jesus. And, 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 and you know, what about them? Well, God has that little uncovered until they come to what is called the age of accountability. The age when they can make that choice, decide for themselves, and be accountable for their choices, for sin and all. And so there is this age of accountability, quote-unquote, that we talk about. And when is that? Well, we don't really know for sure. Uh, some talk about, well, it's around age 12 or 13, you know, the Jews have that uh, uh, age 13, they become adult, you know, bar mitzvah type of thing. Um, perhaps it's around that age. Um, I think some kids are earlier than that. I think some kids are, are maybe later from that. Only God knows what that is. But it does tell us if they're really young, you know, and if unfortunately there's a car accident, they're a baby, you know, God's grace covers them or aborted babies god's grace cover them they're they're in heaven or or maybe the the little toddler you see on the tv you know starving in that third world country and that dies god grace god's grace covers them that's this grace this special grace of covering that they can go to heaven by his grace before that age of accountability. So I see Jesus talking about the kingdom of heaven in that second way. Heaven actually, the eternal realm that, oh, children are, you know, fills that heaven, the eternal heaven there. We, we understand this too. Remember when David, from when David's baby died in 2 Samuel 12, 23, we see the king's confidence of God's grace when he said, but now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. In other words, he knows that baby is in heaven with God. And one day David will be with that child. He won't come back, but he'll go to him. So David knew this baby was in heaven. So we get this idea that, that 
you know, if these babies, before that age of accountability, they're with God. So you see why Jesus is saying, let the children come to me. I mean, for such is a kingdom. Not only are children being saved and, and walking this earth, but there's children in heaven right now. Heaven isn't just for adults who receive Christ, but heaven is for children too. So parents, we do all we can, right, to train them up in the Lord, to bring them to Jesus and, and not deny that. And to make sure they are ready to receive Jesus whenever that time comes. I like something that J. Vernon McKee, McGee said. He put it this way. The reason for trying to get the gospel into the hearts of children is so that when they reach the age of accountability, they will make a decision for Christ. I like that. We're just preparing and preparing. And when that time comes, they're ready. And they, they receive Jesus wholeheartedly. So that's why we need to keep bringing the keiki to Jesus. So we see how the disciples sadly denied the parents and the children coming, but Jesus flipped that around and said, no, they're surely welcome. And then he brings a lesson here. And we come to number three in our outline, simply believe, simply believe. And this is verse 17. It says here, truly I say to you, Jesus is speaking, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. All right, so Jesus brings this home now to the adults listening. Jesus brings in, really, and this is why Luke even inserts the story here in the flow what he's been talking about. And he's talking about simple faith, talking about being humble here. But Jesus says this, first of all, truly I say to you. In other words, this is true, and, and, and so it is. It's like amen, really the word here. Amen, amen. He says, truly what I'm saying, this is, let this really be true. This is God's principle. He says, anyone who does not receive the kingdom, basically he's talking about salvation here, salvation in Jesus. If anyone doesn't receive the kingdom, if anyone doesn't come to salvation in Jesus, like a child shall not enter it, shall not be saved, have salvation, and go to heaven. So they won't have the spiritual kingdom, be saved as you walk on this earth, nor when they die will they enter heaven, the eternal realm. So Jesus is basically saying it is a childlike trust that brings salvation in Jesus. All you have to do is simply believe. Really, that's the idea. And, and, and let me bring it out this way. There's a couple things here. What it means to have childlike trust. Number one is this. The keiki come with simple faith. So this is childlike trust. This is like coming, uh, uh, receiving the kingdom like a child. And number one is the child, the keiki, they come with simple faith. Now think about the Pharisees. This is in contrast to the Pharisees who uh, approach Jesus with skepticism, skepticism. Well, you know what I'm saying, right? They're like, mm, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, you know, their arms are crossed, and they're like, hmm, we'll see. Uh, I'm not sure about you, Jesus. Are you really the Messiah? I'm not sure. But the children, 
right? Children are like this. Whatever Jesus says, they're going to take what he says and, and for what it is. There's not a doubt. They believe what Jesus is saying true. They believe, right, like what they do with parents. It's just simple faith here. I was reading about a little boy who was about three and a half years old, and he was crying because he swallowed a, a penny. Which, you know what, did you know that can be very dangerous? It can get lodged in the intestines and, you know, if it doesn't come out in the stool and all this stuff. But but he was all worried of the baby. And while in that waiting mode, you know, to see what, if the penny will come out, the father thought he'd console his boy by rubbing his stomach and then with a, a, a penny hidden in the palm of his hand, he pretended to pull the penny out of the boy's ear. And, and just to cheer him up here. Well, the boy started to smile, and then as, as the father showing him, see, see, it's out, don't worry, you know, and all this stuff, the boy started to smile, quickly snatched a penny, and took that penny out of the father's hand and swallowed that penny, saying, Daddy, do it again. <laughs> but that's how children are. They, they have simple faith. They believe, yeah, you. And so that's what Jesus is saying. We need to just simply believe what Jesus said. That's childlike faith, childlike trust in what God is saying. So the cakey come with simple faith. And number two, the cakey come with simple dependence, with simple dependence. And, and I think this really flows with what we've been seeing. Last week we saw the Pharisees approach God totally dependent on his own deeds, their own deeds, their own works, right? Self-righteous, thinking they made themselves right with God. But in contrast, children are totally dependent on their parents. Well, so it is with salvation. That's what we talked about last time, right? About uh, relying upon Christ and what he did on the cross, right? His blood that cleanses us. We cannot do anything to save ourselves. Well, that's like children. They're totally dependent, right, on their parents. I remember, um, well, I think about our youngest daughter because my youngest is no longer my baby girl. She's 21 years old. She's a, an adult now. Graduated from college this year after three years. Oh, go girl. She has her own apartment in California. She's providing for herself. She's starting her own business. She's about to get married, and you know what? She doesn't need dad anymore. <laughs> and dad's sad. <laughs> uh, but you know, I mean, dad, you know, I still, she's still my baby. I can still see the cute little baby, you know totally dependent on mom and dad, right? Babies, they're unable to feed themselves. They can't clothe themselves. They can't bathe themselves. They can't drive a car and get somewhere or get to, you know, their, their regattas or paddling practice. Um, you know, they, they, they don't have a job. They're too young. And, and so you pay for them. You provide for them. You take care of them. You protect them. They're totally children dependent on the parents, and I know this is the cycle of life, but, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I wish she was my little baby dependent on us, you know. Oh, dad, dad, you know, kind of thing. Well, think about that. That's how it should be with God and our salvation. So that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is asking you and I, right, to, to be dependent on him. And not just salvation, 
but our life here on earth, to be dependent on His strength, on His power, on, on Him giving us the ability to live this life, to get through our day. He's asking us to be totally dependent on Him like a child. And maybe you haven't been that way. Maybe lately you've been like, well, just going off on your own, yeah? Going, trying to solve things on your own. Problems coming up, uh, trials coming upon you, things you need to do, and, and you're just on your own, trying to do that on your own. And I know I've experienced that and been through that. And you know what I find? When I'm on my own like that, no work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. I fail. But when I'm dependent on God, I pray more. I seek Him more. I go to church more. I'm, 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 I'm more wanting to be with Him and His people, wanting to engage in worship and, and listen for His voice in the Word, uh, uh, in, in my devotions. I'm just... I'm just really right there with God. And perhaps you're not there. And that's why these things are happening. You need to get back to be dependent on Jesus. So get dependent on Jesus right now. Get to that place where Jesus is saying, like a child, like a child is. Well, the thing is, Jesus loves and wants to care for us, wants to protect us, wants to provide for us. And, and, and you know, like the little ones that we do with our own children, He will, and He will do that. Jesus is here to pick you up, to hold you, to protect you, to help you right now. So go to Him. Go to Jesus, just like a little child would. I want to close with this um, last thing. Years ago, I, I came across this song called the Little Girl, and it's performed by a country artist named John Michael Montgomery. And um, I just want to close with the lyrics of this song. The song goes like this. Her parents never took the young girl to church, never spoke of his name, never read her his word. Two non-believers walking lost in this world took their baby with them. What a sad little girl. Her daddy drank all day and mommy did drugs, never wanted to play or give kisses and hugs. She'd watch the TV and sit there on the couch while her mom fell asleep and her daddy went out. And the drinking and the fighting just got worse every night. Behind their couch, she'd be hiding. Oh, what a sad little life. And like it always does, the bad just got worse with every slap and every curse until her daddy, in a drunk rage one night, used a gun on her mom and then took his life. And some people from the city took the girl far away to a new mom and a new dad, kisses and hugs every day. Her first day of Sunday school, the teacher walked in and a small little girl stared at a picture of him. She said, I know that man up there on that cross. I don't know his name, but I know he got off. Because he was there in my old house. He held me close to his side as I hid there behind our couch the night that my parents died. Jesus certainly loves the little Kiki and Jesus loves you. Jesus cares for the children and he cares for you, his child, O sons and daughters of God. So let us see what that means 
for us and for our children. So let's continue and always keep bringing the keiki to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, as we bow our heads and close our eyes right now, I pray for anyone who's been struggling, God. And Lord, they've been the prodigal son. They've ran away from the father. But God, you're calling them to come back right now. I pray for those children of God, sons and daughters, uh, those who've given their life to Jesus, who've maybe wandered away and, and wandered maybe not so much away from church or being with their Christian friends, but wandered from dependence upon you and just living life on their own without no thought to pray or to seek you for strength at all. Lord, I pray for those who are struggling and, and who call out to you as Father, who call out to you for strength and help that you would meet them right now. Lord, whatever's going on, whatever it is, may your Holy Spirit reassure them of your care, just like a father cares for their children. And God, we do not want to forget to pray for our children, Lord, for our youth, God, for for our our kids for our babies and toddlers lord that they will come to know you lord at the soonest possible moment lord may they come to be saved even at the young age or even if at when they're youth that they would have a foundation in you as they go into their adult years and we even pray for our adult children god for they're always our children they're always yours lord that you would bring them close to you, and if they've wanted that, they would be brought back. And so, Lord, we want to continue in our heart, whether our kids are older or if we're grandparents or aunties or uncles with younger ones, we want to uh, uh, bring the children to you as much as we can in every way we can and whatever opportunities you give us, Lord, that we would speak of you, that we would point to you, that we would pray with them, that we would help them Lord, with your word and to understand who you are, your love and your salvation, God. And so give us wisdom in that area, whatever opportunities you give us. But Lord, we want to have your heart, God. And we want to have the children come to you and we want to come to you too. So thank you, God, for your word tonight. And thank you for stirring our hearts up. Our, our hearts up for the little keiki and also stirring our hearts up for you as we are your children. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand.